This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. Oh, the pain of it all. Overtime. The Sixers went at 104-101 over the Raptors, who have now lost six straight. And we've got a, a, a posse of people here to go through this. Warren Ward's going to join us. Josh Lewenberg and Paul Jones hanging around as well. And we'll start with Jonesy. I mean, that was a marvelous second half of basketball. Pascal Siakam led the way, finished with 38 points. It just didn't get done. It's as simple as that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Look, Jim, there's a big difference when you start making shots and you see the ball go the, go through the, the basket. The energy picks up. Um, you know, you, you get you get that, that bounce in your step defensively. You know, a guy makes a shot. He's the first one back on defense, backpedaling, directing traffic. You know, it, it, they, it's amazing what happens when you see the ball go through the hoop. And I thought they showed some real resiliency tonight. And the game was hanging in the balance the entire way. It it it, it really was. And and uh, you know Pascal was 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 masterful tonight, but he didn't get a, a lot of help. OG, I mean, not bad for his first game back. And it's not like he's coming back against I don't know Charlotte or Detroit or something like that. He's coming back against a team that's won four in a row, and they just they just couldn't get enough out of out of Fred and Scotty tonight. A combined six of twenty-four. So, I mean that you know that that makes for a tough night. Definitely does, Jonesy. I I must say I'm I'm gonna add in. I think um, Raptors had one of those ghost quarters again, which was the second quarter, unfortunately, and it kind of um, you know didn't help them in the long run. Third quarter, though, I, I was impressed. I, I think that's the Raptors that I think everyone's used to, and I think. Um, win or lose, that's the type of effort and um, resilience that I think people, you know, want to see. Um, this was a tough game against a really good team, and uh, even though the Raptors have now lost six in a row, I, I don't think this is um, a loss that they will look back on and be like, you know what, we we probably should have won this game, but you know, we didn't we didn't play well enough. I I think they did. I think today, um, you know, it just it just didn't fall for them at crucial times i think pascal siakam showed his worth of course once again but um you know some other guys struggled and to score two points in overtime uh even though philly only scored five it's just not going to cut it you know you need you need to put the ball in the rim you know that's that's the point of the sport and if you can't do it consistently um especially when it matters you're going to find yourself giving away you know leads at times and uh as we all know the raptors are now three and 12 on the road so they're not the best uh, road team they're you know very good at home um, so some of those struggles they're going to have to correct but I, I want to I do want it's still pretty early you know I still think the Raptors have a real good shot of um, playing more consistent basketball as people start to come back as as people start to get healthier um, I think this team is one to contend with and I I won't lose faith in that I I'm I really, I really do believe that. Well, I, I, yeah, Steve Kerr said Sorry, it go best. Ahead, I was just going to say, Steve Kerr said it best yesterday when he said, "You've built a culture. Your culture has to help you ride through these times." Go ahead, exactly. Josh. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I'm not sure what's more frustrating for a team that's lost six games in a row, whether it's nights la like last night where the defense doesn't show up and you just don't play hard or well enough pretty much from the tip, or, or a night like tonight where you do a lot of things well, a lot of things right, 
you're right there and just can't close it. And there's been a number of these games, right? Like you look at the six-game losing streak, and four of those games came down to the final possession or possessions for them. You lose by by four points or less. So it's tough because I think when you're the Raptors late in the season, you're going to look back on games like this, and you're like, oh, well, we could have had that one. But you also look back at those games in New Orleans and the game in Brooklyn and of course the game last night against Golden State and say well if we only showed up for winnable games games where the other team was maybe missing guys or maybe you had a rest advantage the Raptors are just finding ways to lose games I guess and that's not to say that they're not in it or they're not playing hard I think they've got a lot to feel good about bouncing back tonight but ultimately I mean I guess it goes back to something that Pascal Siakam said last week winning is the cure once you get on the right side of the the result there I think you can sort of build on that and and, and uh, weight just lifts off your shoulders right but somehow the Raptors have to find a way to get back on the winning side of things and the schedule does them no favors here coming up no, <laughs> it doesn't, Josh. That's a good point. They're they're in they're in for a tough haul. I I don't mean to laugh, but I, it's 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 true. I mean they're they're going to be playing tougher teams moving forward, and they're going to need um, the depth that they have to step up and and start to uh, produce. And again, like it goes down to the simple fact that the ball needs to go in the rim, whether it's home or away. The Raptors are in control of their effort every single night, and they're going to have to figure out a way um, to win. Jonesy, would you could you be critical of? I mean, the Raptors had in the overtime they they got the they got the friendly whistle finally. Is there is there any uh, criticism of of what happened when they got the ball? Well, I, I think I mean people. The, the easy thing is to look at well, Toronto not scoring, but you got to give Philadelphia's defense some credit, taking things away, uh, forcing them to have the wrong people maybe with the ball at the wrong spot at the wrong time. I mean. Uh, you know that that that's part of it. That, that that is. So I mean, there's two sides to it. People, Toronto fans and Toronto people will look at what they didn't do and maybe discount or discredit what Philadelphia did. Some of it self-inflicted. You always, you know, let's face it. We go back to shot making. The the two-man sequence between Fred and Scotty was masterful. They they. They worked it off the elbow. They got the switch. Fred stepped back. He had a wide-open three. It was a practice shot three, and he missed it. Fred was 2 of 11 for night, tonight from distance. And, I mean, that's that's it's not a criticism. It's the way the league is. They always say it's a make-or-miss league. That was a miss. It was a critical time, but it was a miss. The same way that, you know, a, a critical time winding down at the end of regulation – Pascal scoops one up and in. It's just the nature of the game. So, uh, uh, you know, there's part of me that says I, there's there's some people that want to be critical, Jim, but the, there's a part of me that has been around this game for a long time that says, one, you want the hands in the ball in the hands of your best player to let them make a decision, and two, you want to get a look. That's all you want. And they had a couple of good looks in the overtime couldn't get him down that's the ball game i was literally just about to say that jones just to add i mean that third quarter sequence when george niang got the tech nick nurse now had a chance to bring siakam back in the game siakam dribbles does a little crossover hits a three now the game's tied you know what i mean going into the fourth so 
you want your best players with the ball in their hands to make a decision, and you live and die with the result. So Freddie shooting, you know, you know, two for eleven. It's it's not it's not ideal. But and he's your I, guy, right? He's he is yeah. your guy. So if I'm gonna lose, I'm losing with the ball being shot by someone like that, a Fred, a Pascal, and that, and I'm gonna ride with that. And and as other guys start to come back, like I said, and get healthier, then we have more options. You know that. Yeah, that, Warren. I'll say this, Jim. It, it, I mean, the baseball analogy is, if you're a pitcher and your fastball is your best pitch, you don't hang yeah. a curveball and let the guy hit it into tomorrow and and and. Say well, he he beat me with my third best pitch. No, you 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 throw your best pitch, and I mean you think about the Raptors' resiliency tonight, like Warren was talking about there, and you know Josh mentioned it earlier. I mean they're down double figures multiple times in this game, and it would have been easy to fold the tent and say, okay, well, uh, you know let's let's it's the back to back, the second night. Uh, let's just try to get New York on this trip, and they didn't, and. And there are shots in that game, big shots that guys make when you're down 14 that cuts the lead to 11, and then another one that cuts it to seven. You know, you you whittle it down, and then as we said on the on the air, I'm, I'm somewhere. Mrs. Shanky, my my grade 12 English teacher, is listening to that. I did pay attention when we were doing Greek Greek mythology. You know, the, the Sisyphean task of pushing that rock back up oh, the hill. Oh, guy. They did it so many times. Oh, oh, oh my. I can't we're gonna clip that. that. We're going to play that. At, yeah, we're we're going to play that at, at another point. Jonesy's theory, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, so yeah. we'll just leave that. Three That's quarters, wild. though, uh, with 20 points. You know, Philadelphia first quarter, 22. Third quarter, 21. Fourth, 21 against a really hot team. I mean, that's something you can build on, right? That's something, you know, Philly's way, you know, score, used to scoring way more than that. And then you look at the job that they did with um, Embiid and Harden combined. I know Harden had the eight assists and the seven rebounds, but I think defensively they did a really good job. And this is on the night, the night of a back-to-back. So yeah. um, there's definitely positives for this Raptor team to take, especially since they didn't really go super deep in their bench as well. They only played what um, – Eight players, nine players. So, you know, they. I, I still think, like I said, optimistically speaking, there's so much room for growth. There's a lot of different potential. The problem is, is that it's coming in spurts. And if, if it's only coming in five, six minutes, right, out of the 12 minute quarter, then this is, you know, this is this is what you're kind of left with. And we I, th- I know all of us have seen that in the, especially the last six games where it's like, oh, you know, they played really well in the third, but then the second, it's you know, it's it's just not there, or the fourth, it's not there, and in tonight, in you know, overtime, it just it just wasn't there for them. Well, it, it's quarter to quarter, right? But I think right. it's also like, what what was the last time that the Raptors could feel good about both their offense? and their defense at the same time, right? Like, I, I think you're right. Like, the, the defense was much better tonight, certainly, than it was last night. And it's better than it's been in a while. I mean, even that Brooklyn game where they were right there, they let the Nets shoot 60% and couldn't get a stop when they needed it up until literally the, the bitter end when Kyrie hits that shot. So it's been the defense that's been letting them down recently. And, of course, the offense has been up and down. They've got to put it together, and that's what it comes down to right now is the defensive effort needs to be there like it was tonight, and and that's probably first and foremost, right, because that's their identity, and that's why last night's loss was so disappointing. It's because this is a defensive-minded team, and to come out as they did last night and just three after three after three, Golden State getting whatever they wanted, 
whenever they wanted it from wherever they wanted it. That That's not how this team wants to play. So I think first and foremost, the defense has to play like it did tonight but at the same time we talked about this as well margin for error is really really small when you're not shooting 30 percent at least from three the Raptors 11 for 40 tonight you mentioned the big guns Van Vliet um, Barnes like those guys aren't knocking down shots and all of a sudden you're putting a lot of pressure on that defense to get stop after stop after stop and 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 the scoring just isn't there for you so when we talk about consistency, yeah, they, they've they got to do it for closer to 48 minutes, but they've also got to do it on both ends of the floor. thought there was some uh, good contributions from the bench. Young, Boucher, Birch, and Flynn Jonesy, they, they made, the, made a mark in the game, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I mean, Chris Boucher always provides the requisite energy off the bench. I mean, 13 points tonight, 10 rebounds. Uh, you know, I, I thought Kem did nice job in, in spot minutes. Uh you know, Malachi had some tough looks tonight, but but he gave them he gave them enough minutes to to be able to go into the rotation a bit. So, and again, Old Man River, Thad Young in 20 minutes, eight points, five rebounds, couple of assists, countless uh, you know plays when you're down. Like I said, 12, 14 to keep you in the ball game. This was a winnable game tonight. Again, the make or miss nature of the league. Uh, you know, has has the Raptors uh, looking at the wrong end of a losing streak, though, right now. Jonesy, I think we're going to let you go. Thanks very much for hanging around. Pleasure, guys, always. Thank you. 104-101, the Sixers over the Raptors in Philadelphia win in overtime. We'll continue on. This is Raptors game night on TSN 1050. Raptors game night. Jim Taddy, Warren Ward, Josh Lewenberg with you to the bottom of the hour. Then we're going to take you to NFL Monday Night Football 104-101. The Sixers win in overtime against the Raptors in Philadelphia tonight. So, gentlemen, now we have a six-game losing skid, although tonight's uh, really doesn't fit into a lot of the others. You could say three of the last four losses were very winnable games. Uh, you could... Even go back further and say, well, the two losses against Orlando, I mean, the Magic's now on a roll, so maybe they look different. But I didn't like the way the Raptors looked in either one of those Orlando games. But I think really what we're going to talk about here is the six-game loss streak is there. The story's going to be how they come out of it, Warren, isn't it? It will. And eventually, you know, the losses will come to an end. We're going to, you know, get a W one of these games. But if you look at their losses against the teams that they played, I mean, yeah, they lose by one point to the Kings, which sucks. I think the Raptors against the Nets was probably the game, you know, uh, as Josh mentioned, um, we kind of let that one slip away. And then Golden State was just, you know, that was a whooping. So, you can't, you, you know, yeah. you can't really argue that. I think Golden State from start to finish was just a much better basketball team. Um, and that was, you know, that was probably the most painful one to watch out of all the ones. I think the Magic dominated the Raptors both games. Um, and then tonight, you know, tonight was tough. So we got a harder schedule coming up, but a winnable one. I mean, if we come up with the same sort of energy and, uh, the same, you know, the same determination, this, this is the NBA, you know, it is, it is hard to win, but at the same time, these are, these are some of the most talented, uh, you know, players in the world. And I think, uh, the Raptors have a solid group and as they get guys back, you know, they have to find a way to find to find contribution um, from everyone, and that that will that will give them um, maybe the 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 
the push that they need to get over this line and um, end you know end this end this losing streak and find a way to get um, in the winning column. Well, I, I mean, I think that was the story tonight. In addition to um, obviously the offensive issues late in the game, is like. So much of it was on the shoulders of Pascal Siakam, which, I mean, it's great to see how well Siakam played tonight. Truly, I think this is one of the best games he's ever played, all things considered. When you consider the losing streak and the degree of difficulty, second night of a back-to-back, how dominant he was through stretches. I mean, Jonesy mentioned it earlier. There were points in this game where it looked like Philadelphia was a possession or two from truly running away with it, putting this game away led by 14 points at one point, but there were a few moments where that lead was creeping up and then Pascal Siakam would go on a mini run himself. And for long stretches of this game, it was just Pascal Siakam. I mean, eventually we talked about the bench. I thought Chris Boucher really stepped up in the second half, Thad Young and Malachi Flynn gave them some good minutes in the second half. OG Ananobi hit and knocked down some shots late in the game as well, but the reason why the Raptors were able to hang around, the reason why they had a chance to win this game was Pascal Siakam. And yeah, he I ran out of gas a little bit in, in overtime. Some of that is probably second night of a back-to-back. I think a lot of it was just the Sixers' defense really keying in on him and, and making him take some tough shots as well. But I feel for him tonight because this was one of those nights, we've seen it a lot from Fred Van Vliet over the years. We saw it a lot from Kyle Lowry over the years too where a truly elite basketball player says, I don't care what's going on here. I don't care who we're playing against. I don't care how many games we've lost. We're winning this game tonight. And that was Pascal Siakam at the end of regulation hitting that really tough shot. He he just didn't have enough help tonight. Yeah, Pascal's I, line for just to, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, Tad, man. Yeah, I was just going to add, I think from, you know, listening to what you said, Josh, you're, you're right. But I know for a fact that anyone, any player who's been in that situation, and I myself have been in those, you know, those type of situations, not at the same level, of course, but you would trade the, the point production for the wins. And, you know, you're doing it for the wins. So the people out there watching Tiakum sure. play, whether, whether he's scoring 40, it doesn't – I know for a fact it won't matter unless – um, you know, unless the end result is there, and that, and that is to win. And I again, I, w- I want to go back to my you know my point is that these guys on the floor they affect winning. And I f- I feel as though because Pascal has to do this in terms of point production, I know he's ask I know he he would want other players to go ahead and step up as well, so that you know the wealth can be divided. Because if you can score twenty five and win, and not you know what I mean, it's much better than scoring thirty eight and losing. So. You know what I mean? That there's there is a huge difference, you know, between that. And I know as a competitor, um, Fred and and all these guys, that is what they are looking for in the ultimate. And and I I know for a fact when they start doing that, when when it's when it's OG Fred Pascal, they you know they are all sharing that type of wealth, right? And and everyone's scoring. That's when we'll see the opposite, you know, of this losing streak. Pro- We're gonna start to see, um, you know, W's on the board. Problem is, it's got to happen, though, right? Like It's got to happen, the, exactly. The, 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 the adage, and it's something that we've heard a few times from these guys recently, is there's still a lot of basketball left to be played. You can still turn around. still a lot of time to turn around, and they're not wrong, but at the same time, you say that over and over and over again, and the wins and the losses pile up. Eventually, yep. you run out of time. You've got to turn it around, and especially with the schedule being what it is, and we talked about it. You've got 
the hottest team in the NBA, the Knicks coming up in a couple days. Raptors go to New York and then play in Cleveland, another really great Eastern Conference team coming out of the Christmas break. You've got the Clippers, the Grizzlies, and the Suns. So these are tough games at the same time, and we mentioned this earlier as well. If the Raptors play as hard and as well as they they did tonight, they can compete with anybody. I don't care how good the opposition is. They can compete with anybody. If they play as poorly as they did last night, they could lose to anybody, and we've seen that as well. It doesn't matter who you're playing. So ultimately, it's going to come down to them. They've got to find a way to, as we talked about earlier, put it together. The offense, the defense, they've got to find a way to close out these close games. Right now, they're finding ways to lose. They've got to find ways to win because while the Eastern Conference isn't running away from them, they entered tonight just four games back of this team that they were playing, Philadelphia for fifth place. Now they'll be five games back, and that's sort of my point is, like, they're still in it. You you go on a, a bit of a, a streak, you you can string together a few wins and all of a sudden you can turn things around in a hurry but if you start losing some of these games that we we talked about that that are coming up that are going to be really really difficult you don't want to find yourself coming out of new year's and and you're in a hole that's just too difficult to dig yourself out of no matter how well you're playing so i agree yeah yes there's a lot of basketball left to be played but there is also a sense of urgency the raptors have to figure out a way to start turning these really narrow losses into wins well, and, and you'd like for them to be healthy and, and uh, to build off of that. You know, I, I just, to me, it, uh, you know, Warren, you've said this before, it's early, and it is early. You know, we're talking about uh, Philadelphia tonight. Uh, this is game five of a seven, I say, seven-game homestand, and they're 5-0. and oh. Now, the Raptors, as we all know, last night were at home and then flew into Philadelphia and, and pushed the Sixers. I think what they did tonight was fairly monumental physically just because, you know, they, 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 you know, when you lose like they did last night, that takes a lot of energy out of you and you're on a plane, you're playing in Philadelphia. All, all I'm saying is everybody has their, their story that way and, and the Raptors will get ahead of that as the schedule goes on. If, once you get into January, there's, there's a nice homestand there. The, the, the thing that does stick to the wall for me consistently over, the, certainly over the losing streak is the three shooting. 11 of 40 tonight, 27.5. I mean, that's just got to be better, doesn't it? They got to get a shooting gun and everyone be in the gym <laughs> at 6 a.m. and put up a thousand shots. I mean, that's like shot making is, a, you know, it's the most important part of this game. I mean, your, your effort and energy, of course, needs to be there, but you got to make shots. And the Raptors this season have struggled to shoot threes. And it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, they, uh, it's not something that has been like historically there. But uh, they struck. Yeah, they they're you know, Daddy. There's there is no you know, there's no two ways around it. They are struggling to shoot the basketball right now. They are they are missing wide open ones. You know, what I mean, they're missing contested ones. Um, it's just not there for you know some odd reason. But the only way to get out of that is to continue to shoot. So when you're open, even when you're not, you got to continue to shoot your shots. And uh, eventually, they will fall because they wouldn't have been able to get here at this level if they weren't, you know, and often like I, I could sit here and nitpick every little thing, you know, what I mean, from the Raptors, you know, what I mean, that I see. But at the same time, optimistically speaking, um, I need to go ahead and, and say, yes, it, it is still early for this team. They can still turn things around because I know that's how quickly things can change in basketball. You get 
you know, a good if the Raptors can get a good win against Cleveland, the you know, the Knicks, uh, the Clippers, then things can change for this team literally in one game. So um, if this is still the same, you know, persistent kind of outcomes in February, I won't be saying it's early anymore. I'll be saying, nope, things have yeah. to change now. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. you know, to Josh's point, they do need to change now. But at the same time, it is still early enough that they can, you know, fix some of these issues that they're having, especially shooting the basketball. And the good news is from being around this team, like it doesn't look like anybody is dejected, frustrated. Sure. And they should be frustrated. Like they, they are definitely taking this seriously in terms of the losses and trying to get get back on track. But as far as I can tell, like there, there's no finger pointing. There's no everyone is still kind of together and, and trying to get over this as a team and that and that's what you want like and that's the challenge obviously that Nick Nurse and the coaching staff that they're facing that Fred Van Vliet and Pascal Siakam as leaders of this team that they're facing because I do think especially after a game like tonight you have to be able to separate process and result to some degree and I understand this is a results-based business and there are no moral victories they want to win and it's tough to to come out of a loss and say okay well we played better today so good for us like that that's difficult but at the same time you don't want to get too down on yourself after a game like today because they did do a lot of things well and, and I'm sure Nick Nurse wants them to know and understand that like this is the way they've got to play this is the way they've got to defend this is the effort that they've got to play with and more often than not they're going to win games like this so you can't allow yeah you're 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 frustrated over a six game losing streak but you kind of have to separate that a little bit and be able to look within each loss and say okay, well, what did we do well in this game? What do we have to correct from this game and be able to really hone in on those things? So uh, when you add Scotty and, and Freddie together, you come up with 15 points. Obviously, you wanted more. Nick Nurse wanted more and spoke about that post game. I mean, Fred Fred obviously was um, getting some good looks and didn't hit him tonight for sure. Scotty didn't have a ton of attempts here, three for nine. I thought I thought um, Scotty probably had a chance. He turned down a few that that were you know rhythm plays that he probably probably could have taken, but again, not not maybe feeling it, so was trying to get to the next play on some of those. Um, but yeah, I think you know what I said before. I think we created a lot of great shot opportunities for some of the other guys, and and they just you know weren't quite there. And it was you know nice to see um, Chris you know contribute with so you know a good scoring scoring night that he hasn't had in a while. What do you think of OG coming back for the first time in a, ten days or so? He- well, guard okay. The numbers don't look great, but he seemed to play. No, he well. played. Yeah, I thought he played pretty good. No, first of all, it's good to see him hit. You know, um, a few threes. Right, um, that's a big thing. I think that has been missing from his game for a while. He's had a little little problems with his hands, so maybe maybe that's cleared up and good. Um, yeah, he was battling, man, and I don't I don't think he felt the greatest as far as conditioning wise. Tired pretty quick, it seemed like, and and he wasn't off a back to back, right? But um, he really battled, so I was it was good to see. I think that one will help him get back in shape. Forty, 40 minutes of wrestling with uh, with those guys, he was wrestling with tonight for sure. In comparison to last night's game, how did you feel about tonight's defense? Well, I think our defense was really good tonight, right? I think it was it was uh, executed pretty well. They're really hard to cover. Right with the amount of um, 
matchups that you have problems with. So you got to you got to really you know you got to really work, and then you got to really scheme. And and we did a really uh, we did a really good job. I, look, you know, I thought we had them out of flow and rhythm for almost all of the game, and and then they made a couple. Plays it got tough there. I mean, Embiid kind of started getting it there on the elbow and scoring a bit, and we were kind of staying home there for the longest time. And then we kind of made the decision that we better try to go get him a little bit. And and those guys hadn't made any really all night, too many. And then they finally bit back to backers, which was which was tough. But we hung in there anyway and got got you know got got it to overtime. The start of the second quarter, you had matched. <clears throat> you took Pascal and Fred out when they took out Embiid and Harden. And they went on, I think, a 22-8 run. Was that like, second trust, quarter? Yes, it started second quarter. Yeah. You trust your guys, right? Well, um, so I think I think we end up with uh, OG in there and Wancho. So two starters. I, I can't quite remember. I don't think Scotty was in there, but no, that was yeah, that was a 90-second timeout on a. And the thing was, they they got they went 10. Well, they didn't go 10 straight. Because we scored four, because I remember looking at the stat sheet. I mean, we, they were they were just racing it down the floor. Uh, somebody hit a three on the first possession of the quarter. Then they hit a transition three after we had scored. Right, so um, that was that was bad. That that ninety seconds was the difference in the first half. I mean, that first half was level, other than those ninety seconds, um, and that's you know that that is been a bit of an issue. Right with the with with the group guarding right you know and, and give them some resistance and at least I mean it just it just was easy too quick too easy not not enough organization and not enough fight and setting up the defense yeah like to win the non hardened non Embiid minutes that's what I told them in the timeout right I was like we got to be able you know we gotta we gotta sit down and guard this group right at least make them take some tough shots right and work a little bit it was just one pass shot one pass drive you know i think it was two threes two layups that was 10 right that was it two threes two layups yeah 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 you think that like um maybe maybe it has to do something more with confidence but the reason why there's maybe a less shot attempts um on offense has to do anything with that like psychologically you mentioned scotty taking a little bit less well I mean, um, we look at the totals for the game, and we got one of our good games where we got more attempts than they do by quite a, quite a bit, right? Uh, I don't like our turnover numbers there. I don't know how we how we committed that many turnovers. We don't usually do that, but and and we could have won that battle uh, a little better. But yeah, I mean, I think. Um, yeah, probably a few more attempts for Scotty, but the rest of those guys are, are up there pretty good. And quite a few guys off the bench, you know, seven, six, seven, seven. That's pretty good. Spread it out a little bit. That's Nick Nurse postgame. Turnover numbers, uh, 16 for 14 points. Uh, that's a little high for them. Uh, Warren, what else caught your ear in there? Good question. I think what he said about making them take tough shots, I think I agree. I think they did that at a really – efficient level tonight i think philly was uncomfortable and took them out of what they wanted to do and i agree i don't think um og looked quite like himself but conditioning would probably be the you know the brunt of that um there's 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 a room there's a 
I think he sounded very optimistic, you know, and I and I think he knows that there's room for improvement. He doesn't sound like he's disgruntled or he is frustrated by the effort. Um, he explained the Golden State one pretty simple, one pass shot, and today it wasn't like that. I mean, today was much more difficult, and I think Philly had to work for everything. This was a win that Philly had to earn, and um, I think Nick Nurse recognizes the effort in his group. I, I thought Nurse coached a pretty good game tonight. Like that that challenge that he won late in the game, wiping out the Tobias Harris three on the PJ Tucker offensive foul. That I mean, that might be one of the biggest challenges he's ever won. Uh, but with that said, I I thought and you heard the question there from Doug Smith. The the stretch at the start of the second quarter, we talked about this at halftime, it was just two and a half minutes before he essentially forced his hand. He was forced to put Pascal Siakam back in there. That stretch to start the second quarter without Van Vliet or Siakam on the floor, I mean, it's hard to say it was the difference in hindsight just because it's such a small part of the game and so many things happened after that, but the Raptors gave up. I think it was 12 points to the Sixers in that two-and-a-half-minute stretch. Like, not just 12 points, but a difference of they were minus 12 in that stretch. And sometimes it's like, okay, well, I didn't see that coming or that was surprising. The Sixers just went on a run or whatever. But the reality is those two are way too important to this team. Even on a night like tonight where Van Vliet isn't shooting the ball well, those are your two primary playmakers. And, I mean, the the – the luxury of having your four main guys healthy, and this is the first time they've had those four guys in a little while with OG back, Barnes, Siakam, and Van Vliet, is you can sort of split them up two and two, right, when you're giving a, when you're giving them their rest time. So you can choose, well, which two do you want to pair together? I don't love that pairing of Barnes and Ananobi. I think you've got to have at least one of Siakam or Van Vliet on the floor at all times. So, yeah, I, I look back at that. Little stretch there to begin the second quarter. As Nurse mentioned, it's a stretch that's super crucial, because, especially against Philadelphia, because you know Embiid is going to be on the bench. Harden was too. Historically, whenever you play Philadelphia, those are the minutes you need to take advantage of just because of how valuable Embiid is. So uh, I, I thought that, that was a, a big missed opportunity for the Raptors early in the game, and they were playing catch-up for a while after that. Yeah, Warren, yeah, what do you I'll think of that? I mean, up until the fourth quarter, Josh is right. They were playing catch-up, and that's just because of literally two minutes. And at the same time, we've seen two, three minutes in the third quarter. I don't th- I think uh, Devlin said it, that the Raptor, that Philly hadn't scored in like six or seven minutes. They were stuck. So we, we've seen the Raptors hold teams, um, you know, effectively, and then we've seen them literally lose games in a two-minute stretch. And, 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 you know, to Josh's point – that's exactly what we saw here today, where the game was lost essentially in that second quarter, and there's always the one ghost quarter. Because other than that, the Raptors were, did a really good job defensively. You hold a Philadelphia team to three quarters, and none of them, they scored over 23 points. And, and to their you know, credit, I... the Raptors were plus 13 with Embiid on the bench in the second half. And what's the right. difference? The big difference there is... They staggered Van Vliet and Siakam in the second half. One of those two were on the court at all times. And like I said, it's like those are the minutes. When Embiid is off the court, that's how they got back into the game. Plus 13 in the second half, minus 11 with Embiid on the bench in the first half. 
You know, I, I do have mild concern about, you know, because we're always talking about them rallying or, or coming back from, um, and we've said this in other broadcasts, they never really dictate the terms. Not, not that tonight was going to be the night for this to happen, but, but, you know, there is a lot of wear and tear. I mean, these are hard minutes. What's your concern level that way, Warren? I mean, I'm, you know me, Taddy, I'm, I'm highly concerned about that. I think the Raptors' best attribute as a group is the fact that they are extremely durable, and I feel like you're wearing away at their best asset. I think the fact that they've been able to constantly improve as a, you know, as a group and as a team, right? They've, they've, yeah. they've, coaching staff included, they've constantly improved, but playing 40-plus minutes and playing, you know, 38 minutes a night and shooting two for 11 – I think it, it, it comes back down to the type of minutes that, you know, these guys are playing. They're not getting a long enough break. And if you're going to play back-to-back games where you're playing 40-plus minutes, it's eventually going to wear you down because that's, that's how the NBA is designed. It's, it's a grind. You know, it's 82 games. That's a lot of basketball to play for 48 minutes. And anyone that's played a game that long will tell you that. So um, I'm, I am concerned about that, but at the same time, that's what you know. Like that's what you get paid for. So, you know, it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword in that regard. I do, obviously I don't want to see anyone go down and get hurt, but at the same time, um, that is the job. That's the nature of the job. You know, you you know, you're paid to play, so you gotta go ahead and perform. I just wish there was a few more minutes that that these players who are playing long minutes could rest, so that they can, you know, they can maintain um, that status of you know being durable. It's tough. It really is a double-edged sword because you do want to have the long game in mind. You do want to be thinking to late, later in the season and, and being able to preserve these guys. But at the same time, like the Raptors don't have the luxury of that right now. No, like it's not like they they've don't. gotten off to this hot start and they can think about the playoffs. They have to get there, and they're trying to get out of this losing streak. So clearly Nurse is relying on the guys that he knows he can trust. But it is there. there's a fine line here, and I, I think back to... Something that Steve Kerr said yesterday, because I think the Warriors are in a very similar spot where they're pretty top heavy in terms of the guys that they know they can trust right now, and that's their veterans, obviously, with Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Wiggins, those guys, and those guys have been super successful this year. Like the the Warriors are a 500 team, but not because of those guys. When their starters are on the floor, they're as good as any team in the league right now the Warriors look like the Warriors but it's the young guys it's the guys coming off the bench that have really been struggling sort of similar to Nurse's situation with the Raptors and Kerr was asked yesterday like how tempting is it to just load up minutes on the guys that you know you can trust and he said like yeah it's tempting but he said we don't really have a choice he said that the, the those guys are are getting older they're vets they can't play as many minutes as they once did, and you have to have the long game in mind with those guys. And also, a lot of them are coming off of injuries, and it's the same situation with the Raptors. Obviously, Siakam and Van Vliet aren't as old as Curry and Thompson and those guys, but same sort of idea. These are older players, and, and they've also dealt with injuries. So it is a balancing act where, yeah, you want to win games, and those are the guys that are helping you win games, but one, you also have to develop some of the younger guys that are going to be a big part of your future and you also have to understand that in order to win long term you're going to need a deep team you're going to need your depth and it's tough to get those guys playing well when they're not playing you have to at some point say all right Malachi Flynn Christian Coloco who by the way 
didn't see tonight first dnp of the season some of those guys you have to say okay well go out there the leash is going to be a little bit longer and and you're going to get a chance to play through mistakes it's the only way those guys are going to get better great example of it we saw it with precious achua last year he really struggled through the first half of the season but the raptors kept playing with them they were patient and, and stuck with them and he rewarded them ultimately in the second half when he really turned things around. And and I think if the Raptors are going to turn around their season, they're going to need some of those guys to step up here over the next few weeks and few months.